Have you been struggling in your relationship? There could be more to it than meets the eye. Welcome to Let's Just Face It. I am your host, Raquel Colina. For years, I was in a very toxic relationship, which I didn't recognize as abusive until the day I left. Let's take a look at the abusive patterns and behaviors to tear down the walls that could be holding you back from moving forward and living your best life even after abuse. Facing small fears can lead to big changes. Are you ready to get started? Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Let's Just Face It. I am your host, Raquel Colina. Today, I talk a little bit more about what narcissistic abuse is, recognizing narcissistic abuse, the healing process, the power of support, and moving on. Let's dive in. Narcissistic abuse is a term used to describe a form of psychological and emotional abuse that is inflicted by individuals with narcissistic personality disorder also known as NPD, or people with narcissistic traits. These people engage in manipulative and harmful behaviors to gain power and control over you. I'm going to be talking about some aspects to understanding narcissistic abuse. Number one, they use manipulation and control. While they use various manipulative tactics and control to dominate you, they employ these tactics such as gaslighting, which is making the victim doubt their own perception of reality, You can find more information about gaslighting in episode 17. Gaslighting, what is it and how to recognize it? Other tactics are isolation, where they cut you off from support of networks of family and friends. Number two, lack of empathy. A narcissist has an impaired ability to empathize with other people. They're primarily focused on their own needs, desires, self-image, and this enables them to exploit and manipulate you without remorse. Number three. They use idealization and devaluation. In the early stages of a relationship, they idealize their victims. They shower with love and affection. And over time, they switch to devaluation, where they demean, criticize, and undermine your self-esteem. This creates a cycle of idealization and devaluation, and it keeps you emotionally invested and dependent on them. This is also what creates the addiction to the relationship or the cycle of abuse that we also know as a trauma bond. If you want to know more about trauma bonding, go to episode 30, trauma bonding, why doesn't she just leave him and get more information on that topic as well. Number four, they use triangulation and enabling. They will involve third parties to cause them to reinforce their control and the power dynamics. They may enlist other people that you believe are on your team or supposed to be on your team, or it could be other people. What they want to do is to view them as the victim. This will create confusion and will further isolate you because it makes it harder for you to seek some kind of support or people to believe you because they're making it seem like you are the problem. Number five, they use emotional and psychological abuse. This can lead to effects of anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, feelings of worthlessness, CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. This will make it harder for you to break free from the abusive relationship because of the trauma bond that this cycle creates. It's looked at as an addiction because an addict looks for the high, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or whatever. They look for the high when they're in the lows. When you're in a trauma bond, you're always looking for that part of the relationship where is the love part 
when you're in the abuse part. And because you're craving the love, you also don't realize that you're in an abusive stage because you're just craving the high of the relationship. That's a little bit more information about trauma bond and how you get addicted to it. Because narcissistic abuse is a form of psychological abuse, it can be harder to recognize. As you've heard my story before, I always say that I never knew that it was abuse until after I left. I knew he was difficult, I knew he was a jerk, and I knew the relationship was toxic. But from that, I was in an abusive relationship is not something that I would have been able to believe because we were always arguing and I never felt like he was in a position of power in itself because I would always be arguing with him. If he would have tried to strike me like he once tried and realized that wasn't going to fly with me, then I would have felt that he was at a power level above me. But I never felt that, so I never recognized it as abuse. Recognizing it is not as simple as other people may think. If it's been hard for you or you're still not sure if it's narcissistic abuse, that is totally normal. The important thing is that you keep looking for information and you keep learning about it. Here are some common tactics that narcissists use. They use manipulation and deception. They're skilled manipulators and they use charm, flattery, and lies to control you. They will present themselves as caring and loving in the love bombing stage, but their actions will not match their words. They will often exploit your vulnerability and your emotions just to get what they want. They start in the love bombing stage, and that is the first stage when you get to meet them. You can find more information about love bombing in episode 20. How can you tell the difference between love bombing and the honeymoon period? Well, this love bombing stage is usually stronger than a healthier relationship, and they will give you compliments, gifts, constant attention, and this will create a false sense of security, which will make it harder to see the abuse later on. Another tactic that they use is isolation. They will isolate you from your friends, family, or any kind of support so they can have more control. They will tend to criticize you or discourage any relationships you have with somebody else, and this is to make you dependent on them for validation and companionship. This will make it harder for you to seek help or gain any perspective that you're in any kind of abusive dynamics. They will also use blame shifting. They will not take responsibility for their actions and they will blame it on you. Any problems or any conflicts that arise, they will twist any situation and make you feel like you are at fault and most probably you are not. But this will leave you confused and doubting yourself every time. Believe me, I have been there too. There were so many times where I said, what did I do? If I would have said it differently, if I wouldn't have done this, if I would have done that that wouldn't have made a difference. You would still been seen as the problem and you would still would be made to believe that you are the only problem in the relationship. This leads us to emotional manipulation. They will exploit your emotions to manipulate and control you. They will use guilt, shame, fear, or anger to get their way. You know all about this anger, I'm pretty sure. They will also use emotional blackmail, threats, and here's my favorite, the silent treatment. They see the silent treatment as a punishment for control. And if this is happening to you, this is why they do it. Degrading and belittling you. Narcissists often demean and belittle their victims. The narcissist will often demean and belittle you to undermine your self-esteem and to assert dominance. They will criticize your appearance, your intelligence, 
your abilities and they will make you feel inadequate. So you have to depend on their only approval. Financial control, also known as financial abuse. To learn more about financial abuse, you can go to episode 33, Financial Abuse and How to Recognize It. They will exert control over you for the finances, the decision-making, and any other practical aspects of your life. They will limit your access to money. They will try to control your spending and make important decisions without their input. They will leave you powerless and totally dependent on them. They may let you handle the money just so they can pinpoint any mistakes on you. They will also employ denial and projection. When you confront them about their abusive behaviors, they will either deny or downplay their actions. They will deflect the blame on you or project their own negative traits and behaviors onto you. Watch out for this. They can make you question your own perceptions and experiences because they will switch it all on you. Recognizing narcissistic abuse can be challenging due to how subtle and insidious the nature of these tactics are. Don't feel bad if it's not as easy to recognize, but do tend to listen to the people around you because they tend to see it a lot better than we can. Now, let's switch gears. A little bit less about them and a little bit more about you. Let's talk about healing. Healing is a unique and personal process and it can take many different forms. One essential aspect of healing is setting boundaries. This will involve establishing limits and guidelines to protect your emotional, mental, and physical well-being. While they act as a shield, they also help us maintain healthy relationships with ourselves and other people. Setting boundaries begins with self-awareness and the recognition of your own needs, desires, and limits. It is very important that you identify what truly nourishes you and what drains your energy. Being self-aware helps you establish boundaries that honor and prioritize your well-being. Boundaries are not selfish. They act as self-love and self-respect. Listen to that again. Boundaries are not selfish. They are acts of self-love and self-respect. And you deserve to give yourself this above everything else. Now, let's explore some effective self-care practices that can support your healing journey. Remember, self-care is a vital component of maintaining balance and cultivating a positive mindset. This will allow you to replenish your energy and nurture yourself in a holistic manner. Number one, let's talk about physical self-care. Taking care of your body is fundamental to your overall well-being. Engaging in regular exercise, eating right, getting enough sleep, are essential practices. If you've heard me talk before, I always mentioned that when I left my narcissistic abusive relationship, what kept me alive and sane and kept me moving forward was the fact that I became obsessed with my physical self-care. At that time, there was a workout that Beachbody came out with called the 21 Day Fix Extreme. And because there were only 30 minutes a day, I was able to push myself to a level of physical self-care that became obsessive in a good way. I can attest to the fact that this is what kept me going, kept me positive, and kept me sane during the whole healing process. If there's anything that you take from this episode is the fact that you need to take care of yourself, go exercise, eat right, drink enough water, and get enough sleep. This takes care of almost anything else that's going wrong in your life, not just narcissistic abuse. Number two, 
Emotional self-care. While emotions can play a significant role in your healing journey, it's important that you acknowledge and process your feelings. Journaling, coaching, therapy, support groups can provide a safe space for you to express yourself and gain insights to your own emotions. You need to practice self-compassion and you need to engage in activities that bring you joy and bring you laughter, but also contribute to emotional well-being. Mental self-care. Your mind needs care and nourishment, just like any other part of your body. You need to look for activities that stimulate your intellect, such as reading, learning a new skill, solving puzzles. These can enhance your mental well-being. Take breaks, practice mindfulness, and engage in relaxing techniques that can help you alleviate stress and promote mental clarity. While the brain is affected during the abusive relationship, it makes it hard for you to remember and to learn. And employing in mental self-care is very important so you can start moving forward in fixing these issues in your brain. Remember, self-care practices, these are not one-size-fits-all. It's important that you explore different activities and find what resonates with you personally. These are practices that people that I know have done people that have worked with me. While everybody is different, you can choose what works best for you. Spiritual self-care is also another practice. You need to nourish your spiritual side and bring a deeper sense of fulfillment and connectedness. Engage in meditation, prayer, spending time with the Bible. While I don't know what religion you may be participating in, just focus on what's important to you and connect with your spiritual side. I try to read the Bible every morning and connect to a verse that God provides for me and try and go from there. The effects of abuse can be very overwhelming, often taking a toll on your emotional, mental, and physical well-being. However, seeking the right support systems, such as the Rising Strong Society, can make a significant difference in your healing process. One of the key aspects of healing from abuse is breaking the silence and reaching out to other people for support. Support from trusted friends and family members is invaluable because they offer a familiar and comforting presence. They shared a relationship with this person and they likely have a connection of their background and history. They can provide you with validation, support, care, and remind you that you're not alone and that they're there for you. At times, this is not possible and you find yourself alone because the people around you are either no longer there or you were isolated for so long that you do not dare to make these connections again, or the fact that they might have been confused and led to the fact that you were the person that was abusive or might not believe in your situation. These things happen. Joining support groups, both online or offline, can be a great benefit for you. Engaging with other people that have similar challenges creates an opportunity for validation and understanding that the people around you if they haven't experienced the same thing, may not understand. In support groups, you can share your stories, your struggles, and your triumphs, and know that other people have been through the same experience. This type of validation will help you recognize your feelings, reactions, and thoughts as valid, and that, that these are normal responses to the abuse that you have endured. It also counters the feelings of isolation or self-blame that often accompany the abuse. Support groups offer a sense of community and connection, which can be particularly powerful during the healing process. You can learn from each other's coping strategies, 
You can gain insight into their own experiences, acquire tools to aid in your recovery. The shared understanding within a group to provide support will create a space where you can feel heard, understood, and accepted. But not only that, the Rising Strong Society provides not only a platform for survivors to connect with others from different locations and backgrounds, but it also provides mentorship and coaching rolled up into one. Having a professional with the expertise to provide guidance and support tailored to your needs is a great option to have. While seeking support from trusted friends, family, and support groups is crucial for you after abuse, connecting with others that have experienced the same things that you have experienced Offer validates your experience, reduces your feelings of isolation, and provides an understanding that you need towards healing. The Rising Strong Society and other support systems play a vital role in fostering a sense of community, empathy, and hope for you on your journey to recovery. To conclude today's episode, I'm going to leave you with this. Abuse can have a profound impact on your personal sense of self. It can leave you feeling broken, lost, confused, or even disconnected from your own identity. But with time and effort and support, it's possible for you to rebuild and flourish. Just because you went through a bad and abusive experience doesn't mean that that is going to define you. That is a part of your life that you're dealing with at the moment, and at some point it will not be part of your life. It'll be part of your past. Take the time to heal so you can move on. Take the time to empower yourself and care for yourself. That is going to be what's going to make the most change. Find people around you that you can share things with, people that you can bounce off of ideas, people that you can lean on when you're feeling at your lowest. We all have good days and bad days, but while you're going through a healing journey, having bad days needs a support system. If you feel like you don't have a support system, if you have nobody to talk to, nobody to support you, nobody to believe you, you feel alone, go to RaquelColina.com forward slash rising strong. I'm going to put the link in the show notes so you can access this directly and you can always reach out to me through Instagram or TikTok and send me a personal message. Remember, facing small fears can lead to big changes. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend or a loved one that might need this information. This way you will help me reach more people like you. Also sign up for the email list at RaquelCalina.com forward slash email. Don't forget, facing small fears can lead to big changes. Thank you for being here with me today. Have a blessed week.